Well, good morning, MCA. I'm just so glad that you guys are tuning in online with us this morning. Um, and I hope that you and your family are managing to stay warm. Um, and I certainly hope that uh, this Christmas season has been very special uh, for you and your family. And on, and on behalf of uh, the staff here at MCA, I just want to wish you all a very merry uh, Christmas. And just hope that this time is special for you. Um, our service this morning is a little bit more simple. Um, we'll have some, some scripture reading, um, and as you just saw, a couple of video elements, and we'll have a message. Uh, and we're just so glad that you have tuned in with us this morning. Uh, our scripture reading uh, for this morning comes from Matthew chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 11. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called to get together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child, as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, um, and the star they had been they had seen when it rose. Uh, I'm sorry, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they appeared. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. This is the word of the Lord for us. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas, wherever you might be. Tuning in in your car, in your living room. Some of you are watching this live. Others of you will take this in later in the week. But Merry Christmas. Good morning. We're glad that you're with us today. Uh, the road conditions are still bad and the weather frightful, and so we've decided to go with an online service this morning on this Christmas day. My kids got for me this Christmas tie. I'm not sure how tight we're zoomed in, but it's a very special Christmas tie because it has Christmas lights. <laughs> so I won't leave this on the entire service. I think that might be a little distracting. I'm not sure how well you can even see that, but... Uh, that's, that, was the, that was the Christmas gift for me this morning, is this beautiful Christmas tie, which you can really only wear this time of year, so I thought I should wear it this morning. But, of course, when it comes to Christmas, a lot of folks have a Christmas tree in their home that they decorate. And I've noticed there's a wide variety of ornaments that people put on their Christmas trees, like everything from uh, popcorn strung around to little carousels and Consider your own family. What, what are the unique ornaments that you have on your tree? Some people do tinsel. Other people say no tinsel. Do you do homemade ornaments or are they store-bought? There are nutcrackers and Santa Clauses and pictures of the kids. 
Now, when it comes to the most important of ornaments, though, it is the tree topper, the thing at the top of the tree. And I've noticed there are endless possibilities. So um, let me show a few that I found amusing. You can go with the classic Santa Claus at the top of your tree. You can do something more in line with nature and use the cardinal, the beautiful state bird of our wonderful state of Ohio, the cardinal on top of your tree. You could do a sloth. I'm not sure why you would choose this. (laughs) Not sure where he appears in the biblical story, but you could do a sloth as a tree topper. You could do Josh Allen hurtling over the tree. (laughs) Look at that. He's jumping right over it. You could do the Grinch, the classic Dr. Seuss character, or this one might be, might be my personal favorite. You could do Yoda at the top of your tree. That's right, Yoda. A merry little Christmas, have yourself. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to, to do this morning is interactively uh, ask you to share with us what is your most unique ornament that's on your tree or one of the most unique ornaments on your tree. So what I want you to do is take a minute and, and text me either a description of it or a picture of it. Now listen, I'm going to give you the phone number to send it to, and that is 740-610-4538. So send in your, one of the most unique ornaments you have on your Christmas tree. I would love to hear about what you've got going on as you celebrate Christmas and decorate your tree. What, what is one of the most unique ornaments you have on your Christmas tree? Either take a picture of it and send it or send a description of it, and I'll check in with those in a few minutes. Now, there are two tree toppers that are far more popular than all the rest, and you can probably guess what those two are. Like, chances are, if you have a Christmas tree in your home, one of these two things is at the top of it. It is the angel and the star, or the star. So, of course, both of these actually are part of the biblical Christmas story. The angels who came heralding the birth of the Christ child. They appear on the hilltop with the shepherds announcing the birth of Jesus. And, of course, the other, the star that led the wise men to the place where the Christ child was. We heard that from the scripture reading a few moments ago in Matthew chapter 2. And that is really where I want to focus us this morning as we get into the scriptures. It's from Matthew chapter 2 and focusing on this, what we call the star of Bethlehem, the one that appeared in the night sky announcing the birth of Christ and then sort of beckoned and called those wise men, the magi from the east, to come and worship the newborn king. Isn't it fascinating that these wise men came traveling from far to seek the Christ child because they wanted to worship him. They offered their gifts as acts of worship. And so what a great message and encouragement for you and I today as well, that, that just as these wise men came to worship Jesus, the presence of Christ compels each of us to offer our lives to God as well. So again, I'm thrilled that you're with us this morning. My name is John Reisner. I'm lead pastor at MCA, and I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. So this is our Christmas service, part of a four-part Christmas series we've done called Hope for the holidays. We're going to key in this morning on this passage in Matthew chapter 2 on the Magi. Now, they are an amazing part of the Christmas story. Of course, much legend and tradition surrounds the story of these wise men. The biblical account in Matthew doesn't tell us how many of them there were. It doesn't tell us if they were priests or if they were kings or royalty. We, we get this word that describes them as, as magi. So what that means is, most likely, they were men who were educated, 
They probably had knowledge of astronomy, philosophy, religion. They came from the east. Well, we don't know exactly where they came from. And so let's turn there together. If you've got your Bible with you, Matthew chapter 2. And starting in verse 1, we're going to walk through this passage together. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And so these guys show up in Jerusalem. They say they've followed a star and they want to meet the newborn king of the Jews. Well, this catches the interest of King Herod. I'm not going to give you his whole background. We actually talked about him just last week. And in verse 4, what Herod does is he gathers together the people who were knowledgeable about the coming Messiah and he asks them to tell him, what are the prophecies concerning this this coming Christ. And so they tell him one from Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 that says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Ah, Herod discovers the baby is to be born in Bethlehem. So not only did the prophets of old proclaim a coming arrival of the Messiah, they said where he would be born, and now the heavens have announced the arrival of Jesus, the advent of the Christ child, by a star, a special, unique, eye-catching star appearing in the sky. Now, these magi would have been from a culture and a place that valued the night sky. They had developed this system and study of the stars and the planets, and they believed that the heavens were especially sort of aligned with the events on earth. As New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says, when something important happened on the earth, you could expect to see it reflected in the heavens. And so when these men saw the star as it rose in the sky, they knew something significant had happened. And so they came from afar, a long journey. Again, we don't know the exact details of it, but they came to worship and pay homage to the newborn king. These Gentile wise men, again, these were not Hebrews. They were not part of the chosen people of God. They were outside of the parameters of faith. But what they did was they left their families. They left their homes. They left their jobs. They left their comfort zones. They gathered the most expensive gifts they could get their hands on, the most expensive thing they could afford, and they set out to find the Christ child. Why? To lay it all down at his feet. Well, when they get in Jerusalem, they actually meet up with Herod. And he sends them on their way, like, like he's now in charge. Hey, go find the baby, Herod instructs them, and then tell me where he is. Of course, his plan is to leverage the Magi to find out where Jesus is because he wants to exterminate him. He wanted to slay him, eliminate him, any threat to the throne. But that is not what happened. So we're in Matthew chapter 2. Let's jump down to verse 9. It says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then verse 12 tells us this, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, We've seen over the last several weeks people being warned, being informed through dreams, haven't we? Zechariah, Joseph, 
Mary. And so it should come as no surprise to us that the Lord sends one of his attending angels to say, hey, you better let those wise men know they they should escape through another route. And so they get the word from the Lord through a dream. They don't tell Herod where Jesus is. But they themselves do not miss the opportunity to worship. They came from afar, as we've said. They came with expensive gifts. And what do they do? They lay them at the feet of Jesus. In an amazing and dramatic scene, they encounter Christ. I love this meme. It says, just to be clear, these gifts are for your birthday and Christmas. (laughs) Michael Schaup is feeling that one. Anyone who's born on or around Christmas Day is feeling that one. Birthday and Christmas gifts. Hey, also, just a reminder this morning that I've asked for, if you have a unique ornament that hangs on your Christmas tree, text us either a description or a picture of that. Text that to 740-610-4538, and I'm going to check those out in just a little bit. We're talking about the Magi this morning, these wise men that came from afar, Gentiles outside of the faith, and yet they were Jesus-seekers. And they found Christ, and what did they do? They offered him gifts as a sign of worship. And they didn't tell Herod where he was. And so just like these wise men who worshipped Jesus, the presence of Christ should compel us as well to offer ourselves and our lives and our resources, all that we are and all that we have, offered at the feet of Christ. And so this morning, what I'd like to do with the rest of our time together is I'd like to share as we read through this passage, this account in Matthew chapter 2 of the wise men, three ways that we can be like the wise men this Christmas season. And the first is to seek Jesus. Seek Jesus this Christmas. There's no better way to celebrate the holiday. There's no better uh, encouragement or inspiration I can give is to seek Jesus this Christmas. I love the pithy little phrase that often goes around that is wise men still seek him. Wise men still seek him. So again, thinking about these gentlemen from a a foreign place, from a faraway place who are outside of the faith, and and they notice the star that appears in the sky. I mean, they could have just made a little note in their papyrus notebook. Oh, interesting star appeared. Something significant must be happening. Hmm. But that's not what they did. What they did was they packed the camels, and they loaded their bags, and they kissed their wives goodbye, and they headed out. They, they loaded up for a months-long journey, most likely, to find this new king of the Jews. It's like to them, if the stars are announcing the birth of this child, this new king, then surely it was worth seeing for themselves. And they found him. They sought the truth, even if it meant getting out of their comfort zone. So listen, biblical faith means taking action. It doesn't just mean taking note Hmm, oh, interesting, there is a God. Hmm, oh, God loves me. It's active faith where we respond to the great love of God. It means taking action. I think sometimes, listen, sometimes we're so busy, we miss out on what the Lord is doing. We often talk about this season as a, a, a time that's busy and hectic and, and, and just fraught with activity and responsibility and to-do list. Don't be so busy, you miss out on what the Lord is doing. Take, for example, the incident we have in the earlier portion of the Christmas story when Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem, and there's no room for them at the inn. It was probably a hectic season for the innkeeper and for his staff. A crowded inn would have meant they're running to and fro, they're making sure guests are satisfied, happy with all the money they were making, perhaps. 
but so busy with life that they missed out on the Savior of the world. The innkeeper didn't have time for Jesus, and so he pushed Jesus out. No room for you here. You know, Jesus, during his life and ministry, he actually had a lot to say about being so busy with life that you miss out on the miraculous. (laughs) To Martha, who was so busy off in the kitchen, and she's preparing a meal for Jesus, and she's being a good hostess for the Lord and for his disciples. She didn't spend any time with him. And so he says to Martha, this is in Luke 10, 41 and 42, he says, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. That's the sister of Martha, who wasn't in the kitchen bustling around with what needed to be done, but was sitting diligently at the feet of our Lord. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus had a lot to say about not being so busy with life that we miss out on what the Lord is doing. So let me just ask us this morning, do we get so busy with Christmas activities that we miss Christ? Are you spending more time with him in this season, or are you spending less time with him? Don't allow busyness to keep you from seeking Jesus. Listen, here's the good news. Because of Christ, we have hope, even in our busyness. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, the beauty of the Christmas story is that when we see this promise acted out, even for those people who we might assume God would reject. So the people of Israel would have thought, these these men, these magi, and, and perhaps part of what they were into may have even been the dark arts, right? We get our word magic from the word magi. And and in the Old Testament scripture, God's people are forbidden from practicing witchcraft and divinity and all those those sorts of things. So, So people that we would assume God would reject, and yet God has made himself available to each and every one. Why? Because his grace is available to all, even for these wise men. They followed the light, the, the star of Bethlehem, and what did they find? They found Jesus. They were seeking him with all their heart. And when they arrived, they were filled with great joy. We see that in verse 10. And they bowed down in worship. And that's the second thing I want to encourage us to do, to be like the wise men. The first is to seek him this Christmas. And the second is to worship him this Christmas. Worship Jesus. So the story here tells us in Matthew chapter 2 that these wise men entered the house, saw the child, and worshipped him. They had journeyed by faith, and now they worshipped by faith. You know, I feel so, for so many today, it's, it's show me and then I'll believe. I'll believe it when I see it. That's a, that's a common phrase that we hear in our, in our, in our world. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But God sort of turns that around and he says, believe me and then you'll truly see. Like the eyes, your eyes will be opened. Your ears will hear. So the scriptures tell us we walk by faith and not by sight. And then, of course, for those who believe, the Lord opens our eyes to see the truth. Believing means seeing, not the other way around. And so as I say that you should worship Christ this Christmas, listen, your worship can be thanking God in the quietness of your heart. As you sit before, maybe you have quiet time or devotions each day. You take five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour and you just get with the Lord. Worship is just being thankful and grateful in God's presence. Thank him for his faithfulness. 
Worship can be reading a psalm of praise and lifting up your heart to him. It can be humming along as you hear those Christmas carols that remind us of the good news of the newborn babe, even while you're in your car. It can be enjoying a Christmas feast, which many of us will do, and doing it with gratitude. Or using your time to serve others and to care for others. When I say worship Jesus this Christmas, I don't just mean attending a church service. That's not what I mean. With the bad weather, many of them have been canceled anyway. I don't just mean attend a church service. I mean your words, your attitudes, your actions, your finances, your time, all of it. Worshiping your creator with a grateful heart. For you young people, maybe college students and high school students, how are you going to spend your winter break? Is it all going to be spent playing video games, just binging your favorite video game? Or would you consider taking the opportunity you have? Time off. Not your normal responsibilities. And maybe serve your family. Doing a few extra chores around your house. Or even reaching out to that friend who you know is lonely. Who you know could use a pat on the back and encouraging word. Are you going to use your winter break to get into the word of God? Young person. To get into the scriptures every single day. Yes, worship Jesus this Christmas. The Magi, they rejoiced when they saw the star had come to rest. In in the presence of Christ, they rejoiced. Verse 10, we see it there. When when they saw saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother. They bowed down and worshipped him. And so then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean, it's like a baby shower. They threw Jesus uh, 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 his first baby shower. And, and what's notable about these gifts, interestingly enough, is they're suitable for a king. They're not bringing myrrh to be used as a diaper ointment. <laughs> these are gifts, each and every one of them, who, who show who Jesus really is. It's not that a bar of gold could be used as a toy. Oh, look, the little one has a 50-pound chunk of metal. <laughs> they worshipped him as they unveiled their gifts. By the way, do you know what the wise men said after they gave the gold and the frankincense? Wait, there's myrrh. When a person comes to know Jesus, it's the outpouring of our gifts that follow. So we've talked about seeking Jesus this Christmas. We've talked about worshiping him this Christmas and not just attending a church service. Are you living life with gratitude? Are you living it in service to Christ and others? And then... One of the best things you can do, this is our third point for this morning, is to offer yourself to Jesus this Christmas. And you know, this is what Christmas is all about. It's God's gift to us in his son, Jesus Christ. And so when we give gifts at Christmas time, it reminds us not only of the gifts of the wise men, but of God's greatest gift to all of humanity in his son, Jesus. And you know how when someone gives you a gift, you just want to reciprocate? Now, There's nothing we can give the Lord. He owns it all. So so it's not as if we could give God something and he says, oh, wow, I didn't have this. God owns it all anyway. But when someone gives you a gift, you are grateful and you want to reciprocate. And we know that what God truly desires is that we would offer ourselves to him, that we would willingly choose to serve him and love him. By faith, we can offer our heart and our life to the Lord. And I want to encourage us to do that this morning as the wise men did. Well, I want to check in on our ornaments this morning and see what are your unique ornaments that you have on the Christmas tree in your home. 
So, oh, thank you. Laverne and Eileen have, have sent us in this one. So we've got this going on in the live stream. Is that right? Okay, wonderful. This is great. We've got a skeleton crew here with our tech team, and, we're, and they're doing a fantastic job. And it is, a, it is a giant red, the classic M&M. I love it. Very good. Okay, do we have any more? Uh, let's see. Raquel Hostetler has sent in, it looks like, is that a Buckeye? Is that, is that OSU? Okay, so it's, it's two snowmen. It's a snow couple who are also Buckeye fans, which we need right now. We're pulling for our Buckeyes to win in the, in the, in the playoffs coming up next weekend. Okay, awesome. I love that. That is very unique. And this is, <laughs> oh, this is so good. Nate Byler sent in this, uh, it's, a, it's a motorboat pulling a skier, a water skier with definitely a Chris. Is it Santa Claus driving the boat? And, <laughs> okay, I, uh, yes. So Mrs. Claus is, is doing the skiing very good. I like that. That one's probably, yeah, that's pro- that definitely makes the, makes the top of the list. Okay, do we have others? How many more are we doing here, guys? Okay, we got two more. All right, Ryan and Annie Troyer sent this in. I cannot see what that is. It's a pickle. They have a pickle on their tree. Okay, just huge, huge, and we'll have to ask them, are we talking bread and butter or are we talking dill? I think that's, <laughs> that's yet to be discovered, but thank you. That's good. A pickle on the Christmas tree, and I think we have one more. Uh, the Spittler sent in the mystery penguin. Okay, so it's a cute little penguin who's got the red scarf on to keep him warm because obviously he's going to be in a cold location. And the mist. But what's mysterious about it is where it came from. What's that? Okay, yeah. So and maybe you have one like that in your house too. That's like we don't really know where this ornament came from. It just is here, and now it's part. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so fun to see a glimpse into your home and uh, what you've got hanging on your tree. The, the wide variety of Christmas ornaments, and we are being encouraged from the scriptures this morning from Matthew chapter two. This fascinating story of the wise men. And, and we learn from them that we should seek Jesus, and we should worship Jesus, and yes, we can offer ourselves to Jesus this Christmas. And, and why should you do that? Why should you offer your life to Jesus? Because he is the rock. Unchanging and immovable. And if you build your life on him, you too will be unfazed when the storms of life come. He will never fail. He will never break. And so Christmas is way more than just remembering Jesus was born. It is realizing that in God's master plan of salvation, every man, woman, and child can be forgiven and be made new. That we need a Savior. That we've all sinned, we've all done wrong, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are bound for an eternity separated from him. But if we confess our sins and trust in Jesus, we can be completely restored to God, our loving Heavenly Father and Creator. That it is only through Jesus that we can be at peace with God, forgiven, redeemed by the blood that he shed when he went to the cross. And so if you're ready to offer your life to Jesus, it would be my honor to pray with you this morning. Please reach out to me and let me know. I would, I would love to go with you before God's throne of grace as you say, here am I, Lord. Thank you. I'm covered by your blood. Even though I've done wrong, you redeem me and you make me whole and you make me new. And now my hope is for an eternity spent with you in paradise. The, the abundant life with Jesus, my friend, it begins now and it lasts forever. Wouldn't it be tragic to leave Christ out of Christmas 2022 because we're too busy? Or because we're absorbed in our own little world. 
I want to conclude by uh, sharing a little bit from this classic Christmas tale from O. Henry. It's called The Gift of the Magi. And it's a story about a young married couple, and they're very much in love. And Christmas is approaching, and neither one has enough money to buy the other a Christmas gift. And so each one has a prized possession that they hold dear to themselves, something they treasure very much. And so Della, the wife, has beautiful waist-length long hair. Jim, the husband, has a beautiful gold pocket watch. It belonged to his grandfather. In her love for her husband, Della sells her hair in order to buy for Jim a beautiful extravagant gold chain for his watch. Jim, in the meantime, sells his watch in order to buy Della a beautiful set of combs and brushes. Each one, out of love for the other, sacrifices the thing they prized the most. In fact, I'll just read for you the last paragraph from this amazing little book. The Magi, as you know, were wise men. Wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones. And here, I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all those who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are the wisest. Everywhere they are the wisest, for they are the magi. Here's my point. Don't be afraid to offer your best to Jesus this Christmas. That's certainly what he has done for us. He wants all of you. He gave all of himself to demonstrate God's great love for you. So seek him with all your heart and worship him with great joy as you celebrate Christmas and the greatest gift of all time, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. Yes, because of him, we have hope for the holidays. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. What a privilege it has been to spend Christmas morning with you. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. I do want to invite you to come back a week from today. So next Sunday is January 1st. We are going to have a 10 a.m. service. This is in person or online. It's a worship service only. And so we are not going to have our Sunday school hour. For those of you who are part of the MCA Church family, no Sunday school hour. We're kicking off a brand new sermon series for the new year, 2023, called Maybe This Year. You know, whether you're the kind of person that makes resolutions or not, we've all failed miserably at trying a goal. In fact, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, the top resolution is getting healthy. But we all know that after the cookies and the eggnog, that's going to take a lot of hard work, isn't it? And so we're going to do a five-week series on learning how to get spiritually fit. You know, wouldn't it be great if 2023 was the year that you grow as a prayer warrior? Or, or you get to know the Bible better. Or you lead a friend to Christ. And so let's start off the new year with learning habits aimed at growing in Christ. Looking forward to that great s- series that begins next Sunday, January 1st. Again, a 10 o'clock service in person or online. In the meantime, thank you. So good to be with you. I hope to see you soon. God bless you.